0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the RPG Companion Podcast, the podcast that is all about RPGs and Dungeons and & Dragons in general. Today, we are doing part two of creating a character in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. Before we begin, uh, let's get a quick ad out of the way. This podcast is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. LegitMTG.com is your place to buy magic and singles, magic singles, and sealed product out there. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. So, uh, this is definitely going to be more for people that are watching the video, you're more than welcome to listen to it, but I do implore you to watch the video of this instead. It's going to be a lot easier to follow than just listening to it. Like I said, you're more than welcome to listen to it. You may learn on how to create a character, but it's going to be more for watching more than anything here. So let's start off with here i have with me a little list of how to create a character this is going to be a little bit longer and i do it slightly different than maybe some other people do it here so to start off with here is i like to roll for stats or just coming up with stats in general there's a lot of different ways on how to come up with stats what i always do is i usually do stats on a separate piece of paper here Um, I'm going to bring up a notepad here on my screen and write down the stats that we're going to roll here in a few minutes here. So I want to first talk about the different ways to get stats. Uh, The first one is probably the easiest way for most players, especially when you're starting off, is using the standard array, which is 15, 14, 13, 12, 10, and 8. Or you could do the point by, which the point by... Which the point by is you have 27 points to spend on your ability scores. The cost of each score is shown on the ability score point cost table on page 13 of the player's handbook. Uh, For instance, you have 27 points. If you want to put a 15 in one of your stats, that's going to cost 9 points. So let's just say you wanted to have 3 15s and 3 8s. Then you, you... You 315s will come up to 27. So it's a fun way to try to, you know, mix and match your points without having to roll for them. So the other way is sort of the really old school way of rolling stats, and that is rolling 3d6 dice, meaning whatever you roll 3d6, and that is going to be one of your points for your stats. The common way now is to roll 4d6, and then you drop the lowest dice there. And that's more the common way now because that's a lot friendlier than 3d6 because if you roll 3 ones with 3d6 you're kind of stuck now there are some DMs out there that will allow you to re-roll ones Uh, I had a DM that would allow me to roll two separate scores of 4d6 and then I keep the better score and I can only re-roll and I re-roll ones so that means the lowest stat that you could possibly get is a 6 since they wouldn't allow you to re-roll twos Um, I sort of adopt the sort of same mentality. I don't allow two different scores of 4d6, but I will allow you to reroll ones if you decide to roll. Uh, Most people do the 4d6 at my table, or some do the standard stat array, which is totally up to you. Not too many people I play with do the point by, really. It's either rolling or the standard stat array. So to start off with our character, we're going to first roll for some stats here. So let me get the dice roller up here. All right, so I have the dice roller up here, and this is Wizards of the Coast standard dice roller they have on uh, you just ser- I just searched D and D dice roller in Google and this was the first result is from Wizards of the Coast here, so we're gonna go ahead and roll our stats for our character here. I don't even know what class I'm gonna make yet. I don't know what race or anything like that, but I want to get my stats out of the way here. So I'm just gonna roll four d six six times. So roll got a nineteen. Um Obviously we're gonna have to drop the lowest number out of all of them. So that's three, four, five, six. Okay. So let us, let me go back to the other screen here and I am gonna pull up a notepad right here. All right, so I got my six numbers now and just going over them. Uh, my first stat is gonna be a 17 and then I have another 17. I have nine, 10, 11, an 11. I've got an eight, nine, 10, a 10. And, ooh, a 12, and then last is a 6. Ooh, one of these stats is not like the others. So, I am just going to keep this off to the side here, and we're going to go back to the character sheet here. So, as I said before, that is sort of the first step in creating a character is getting the stats there. Now that I have the stats there, I'm going to go back to a little bit more of the simpler stuff with creating a character. So we're going to go back to our character sheet now. And we are going to really focus on basically determining the name and race and a little bit about what our character looks like. This is sort of like the custom character creation customizer that you come across in Skyrim or something like that, right? So our character's name is going to be... We're going to call our character Zuby and we are going to go down to the second sheet here. Well, actually, before we do that, let us determine what kind of race should Zubi be. We are going to make Zuby a half elf. So we are just going to go back to the character sheet here and we are going to put half elf. now. There's a lot more to it than just putting in the race there. Now, before we get into a lot of the features and traits of the half-elf, we are going to determine the age of our half-elf if we look at the Player's Handbook. Now, I will say I do actually own a copy of the Player's Handbook, so while this is a PDF that I downloaded, I do own a few copies of the Player's Handbook here. This is just for easier presentation of the video and what is really cool about the player's handbook is this can also sort of help us come up with some of the the age ranges as well too so if we look Oh, that's the next page. If we look, half-elves mature at the same rate humans do and reach adulthood around the age of 20. They live much longer than humans, however, often exceeding 180 years. So I'm thinking our half-elf, Zubi is going to be, we're going to say a good healthy age of 75. That's a good rounded number. And then we're going to come up with the height of Zubi here. And Zubi is 5'11". You know, there's a huge difference between 5'11 and 6 foot, just so you know. And the weight is a good 180 pounds. You know, good muscular built. Eyes are going to be green, because why not? Skin color tan. You know, this half elf likes to be outside a lot. And the hair is going to be a... Let's see, a shade of green. And we will put Zubi right there as well, too. So we have the basic characteristics of what Zuby is going to look like. Now, you don't have to do that. Most people maybe come up with that stuff at the end of creating a character if they get all the stats and all that figured out. But now we are going to go and look at some of the stats that a half-elf would get. So we're going to go back to the book here. And basically what you would want to do creating a character is you'd want to look under the traits of that race. So if we look at the half-elf traits, uh, we first notice they get an ability score increase. Your charisma score increases by two, and two other ability scores of your choice increase by one. So something that I like to do because I'm not always 100% sure what... I may want to have my character be yet. So, knowing that that the ability score of Charisma increases by 2, I'm just going to go ahead and add a 2 right there, just for the time being. Because I may, depending on what what class I be, that 6 may go into Charisma, or that 17 may go into Charisma, and two other ability scores of my choice increase by 1. So, what I will also usually like to do is I will go into my notepad where I scribble the numbers and do a plus one to any ability score, actually plus two, or plus one to any ability score, plus one to any ability score. So that just gives me some notice that, hey, I've got two other pluses that I can use when I determine my class at this point. So this like I said, this is just a note at this point here so if we go and look back at some of the other traits here we the next one we already chose age we already said you know Zubi is 75 years old the alignment now what are we picturing Zubi might be now a lot of that may depend on class and really also depends on how strict the role playing is going to be in this game and a lot of that can sort of be determined by you and your dm in the very first session that you ever play so for the sake of this video, we're going to make Zubi Lawful Neutral. And I explained what the alignments were in the previous video, so I won't get into all of them here. Uh, then the next trait we have is the size. We've already done that. The next trait is the speed. Now the speed says your base walking speed is 30 feet. So I am just going to put here on the character sheet 30. So that way when it comes time to combat or anything maybe non-combative, but it's sort of like an initiative roll, I can move 30 feet on my turn. All right, and what do we have next here? Next is We have dark vision. So dark vision meaning that thanks to my elf blood, I have superior vision in dark and dim conditions. Uh, You can see in dim light within 60 feet of you as if it were bright light and in darkness as if it were dim light. You can't discern color in darkness, only shades of gray. So I am going to go back to my character sheet here and just sort of make a note under the features and traits right here. So I'm just going to put dark vision. Now, what you can do is if you are making this on the computer, what you can do is just sort of maybe you want to copy and paste this here. Right. Um, I don't, always like doing that because what will happen is especially if you start coming up with a lot of traits especially in Foxit PDF as you add more and more stuff to this the text is going to get smaller and smaller so what I might do here for something like that is I'm going to put dark vision, and what is the page number of this page here this is page 39 so what I might do on my character sheet is at that point do phb Thirty-nine. So that way I know while I'm playing, oh, if I want to remember what dark vision is, okay, I just got to go to page 39 of the player's handbook. Uh, we're not done with traits here yet. Uh, next one is we have Fey Ancestry. So that is going to be you have advantage on saving throws against being charmed and magic can't put you to sleep. So we, same thing here, Fey Ancestry. And I'll put in a little notice here of PHB 39. Next, we have skill versatility. You gain proficiency in two skills of your choice. So what I would probably do at this point is probably just make a note of that because depending on what class I'm going to be and what kind of background I'm going to be, I may just wait and decide what proficiencies I want to do for that. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to add that to my little notes here is I get two skills of my choice to be proficient so i'm just going to make that little note and we'll get back to that towards the end of this here all right and last but certainly not least is languages you can speak read and write common elvish and one extra language of my choice so i'm going to go back to my character sheet here and under where it says other proficiencies and languages i'm going to put languages and then common elvish and you know Make this easy. We're gonna do dwarvish. So Zubi can speak common, elvish, and dwarvish, and read and write it as well. So and that will come in very handy depending on what kind of adventure you have. Maybe you want to do something else, like maybe you know orcish or celestial. There's a whole list of languages there. This is I'm just doing something pretty common for argument's sake here. So. We have now determined the race and all the features that you get as a race. Now it comes time to what kind of class do we want to have Zubi be? All right. So we've now determined our class, and that class is going to be a fighter. Zubi is a fighter. He has always been a fighter. He's grew up fighting and always wanted to go out adventuring. And at the ripe age of 75, has determined this is the time of his life that he is going to go out fighting. And... What better way than to choose the fighter class? So fighter class, is yes, that's a pretty simple class to be. It's, I would recommend it as being, if you're interested in melee and a martial prowess type class th- and you're pretty new to D&D, this is sort of one of the perfect classes. It's not too complicated at first and is a nice way to ease in someone new into the game here. So one of the things I first want to go over when it comes to Making a fighter is going over the quick build. The quick build is definitely for those who are really new to D&D and also maybe you're just quickly wanting to make a character and you want to realize what are some of the best stats that a fighter needs as they are leveling them up. So, as it reads here for Quick Build, you can make a fighter quickly by following these suggestions. First, make Strength or Dexterity your highest ability score, depending on whether you want to focus on melee weapons or an archery or finesse weapons. Your next highest score should be constitution or intelligence if you plan to adopt the Eldritch Knight martial archetype. Second, choose the soldier background. So, like I said, that is just a suggestion. You don't have to follow it like that. And it is just, as I said before, something really good for someone who's new to the game and doesn't really understand all the ins and outs of d So... We're going to actually follow this quick build here, and we're going to now go apply our stats. So if you remember our stats of what we had before, we have 17, 17, 11, 10, 12, 6, and plus we have 2 1s that we can add to any ability score of our choice. So... What we are going to do... So, we are going to be your regular sword and shield type fighter. You know, think of the warrior from War to Warcraft. We're going to sort of build Zubi to be that way. So, what we are going to do is we're going to go back to our character sheet here. And we're going to first apply... Let me just get the the notepad over on another screen here. Just so I remember what numbers I had. We're going to first apply that 17 to Strength. And we're going to apply the other 17 to Constitution. Now... We want our fighter to have some intelligence with them. Well, actually, you know, we want our fighter to be a little bit dexterity of this here. So we want to put a 12 there in dexterity because dexterity actually is really, really important. One of the more important stats of D&D, and that could be a whole nother podcast as to why. So we have an 11, a 10, and a 6. So... If I'm thinking here, uh, we probably want to have our fighter be a little bit charismatic. So, we're going to take that 11 and apply it to charisma here. So, since I already have a plus 2 to charisma, we're going to make that a 13. So, I got 13 by adding... I I rolled an 11 for one of my stats, and then I just added plus 2 for my plus 2 to charisma from from my race that I already got to make it 13. So, now... I've only got a 10 and a 6 left. Well, I would think a fighter would want to be a little bit more wise than smart because he maybe Zubi is the type of person who learns from failing over and over again and they become wise. So, we're going to do that. So, a negative or not a negative, but a 6 makes our intelligence pretty low which could be really bad later on down the road so i still have two plus ones to give and i'll be honest i'm just going to go ahead and put my two plus ones right here 18 for strength and 18 for constitution now now we get to add up the modifiers for each of these class or for each of these stats as well All right, so we're going to put in the modifiers for each of the little bubbles here. So for an 18, an 18 is going to net us a plus 4. A 12 is going to net us a plus And so I'm I'm just having to look at my keyboard because the mic is in the way here. And then an 18 is going to net us a plus 4. A 6 is going to net us a negative 2. A 10 is going to net us a 0. And a 13 would net us a plus 1. So intelligence is really bad. Zuby's not the brightest, but you know, he's he's got more street smarts than actual book smarts, if you think of it like that, right? You know, Zuby didn't wasn't raised to really know how to read or anything. He was more raised on how to fight someone and survive in the streets. He didn't have time for book learning, right? You see you see, you see what sort of happens is as you sort of apply your stats, you sort of start start thinking of, okay your character, you're sort of starting to mold your character, right? So if you're a spellcaster, most of the time you're going to want to either put your spellcasting ability and in intelligence, wisdom, or charisma, and maybe your dexterity or strength are really low. So you're like, whoa, well, my wizard's super, super smart, but can barely lift up a pencil. Right? So, so that's how I'm sort of visioning Zubi right now is he's not very smart at all, but he's a little bit streetwise, you know, you need about average and average a wisdom. For being streetwise here. The next part I wanted to quickly go over for the fighter is just looking at the level column. So we're going to first, we're making a first level fighter here. So if you look at the first level here, um, as it doesn't want to highlight correctly for me, uh, we notice at level one, he has a plus two to proficiency bonus and has, comes with two features, fighting style and second win. So... I'm going to get those two features here real quick, and I'm going to write them down in a moment here. But I just sort of wanted to showcase this here. So that way this is sort of a good way to look forward to what you're going to be getting in the next level. So second level, I'll get Action Surge. Then third level, I get to choose my subclass, my archetype, right? It could be a Cavalier, Eldritch Knight, knight, not an Eldritch Knight, um, a Samurai. you know you name it a champion um and there's so many subclasses and it's really really fun to sort of mix well not mix and match subclasses but sort of play different subclasses as you create new characters here so like i said we're first starting at first level but i noticed this plus two to proficiency bonus here so i am just going to add that to my character sheet up here Starting off with plus two. I'm going to be filling out all these stats here a little bit later, so no need to worry about that. And we are now going to go over the class features of the fighter now. So if we look at the class features, uh, we're first going to go over hit points. So the hit dice are 1d10 per fighting level. And also the hit points at first level are 10 plus your constitution modifier. And then hit points at higher levels is 1d10 or 6 plus your constitution modifier per fighter level after first. So what we're going to do here is we're going to fill in our hit points real quick here. So what I will do is so The hit points starting off with is 10 plus your constitution modifier. So I'm going to start off with 14 hit points. That's actually quite a lot at a first level, 14, because most classes may only start off at you know, anywhere from 6 to 10 hit points. Being at 14 means you could survive about 1 to 2 to 3 hits maybe being at first level. First level is always very, very, very fragile. You can go down very easily, and a lot of people like to skip first level. I personally like starting off at first level because it's scary. It's exciting because any battle you do when you're like, oh my gosh, I have no abilities at this point, and oh, we just killed, you know, 6 goblins and all that stuff. It's a lot of fun. And I'm also going to put here 1d10 hit dice. I have a total of one hit dice at this point. So as I level up, I get to add more hit dice there. So when I'm level two, I'll have two hit dice of 1d10, or you could just put you know, 2d10 for your hit dicing, and whatever, however you want to do it. Um, I've seen some people just sort of go d10 right there, and then they put the total of, you know, I'm level five, so I've got 5d10. If you decide to multiclass, it could be, you know, you have five total hit dice, but you have 3d10, and, you know, 2d8, right? Not 2d87, two 2d8, two depending on what the other multiclass may be. It's so it's really up to you how you want to do it. Whatever way gets you remembering your hit dice, it's up to you. So next we have on our list is proficiencies. Uh, when we look at proficiencies for the fighter, getting back over to the book here, we have we are proficient in all armor and shields. We are proficient in all simple weapons and martial weapons. We have no proficiencies in any tools, and our saving throws are strength and constitution. So let's go ahead and put that in our character sheet here. So we are going to be proficient in. We're going to put it under here. Other proficiencies in language, all armor and shields. If I knew how to spell, uh, simple and martial weapons. And our saving throws are going to be strength and constitution. I will fill these out in a little while here, so don't worry about that. All right, what is next? On the, in the book, it says we get to choose skills. We can choose two skills from acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. So we are going to go back to the character sheet here. And we are going to choose my first skill I want to choose to be proficient as is athletics. You know, I have an 18 strength, so I'm going to be, you know, like an Olympic athlete. Zubi is amazing at athletics, at running, jumping, and climbing. And for his next one, since he's a little bit more charismatic, what char- he has intimidation? We're gonna choose intimidation for his next one. He wants to be perceived as a little bit scary as well, too, right? You know, he, he's this great athlete. think of him as like a jock, right? He's the stereotypical jock. and if he doesn't like you, he's gonna intimidate you and he's gonna yell at you to get what he wants. Alright, see, we're starting to build up his personality already. I'm starting to not really like Zuby at this point. So our next stuff is we have to go through equipment. You start with the following equipment in addition to the equipment granted by your background. So all of these bullet points here is our choices that you get to make. You get to choose chainmail or leather longbow and 20 arrows, a martial weapon and a shield, or two martial weapons. Choose a light crossbow like crossbow and 20 bolts or two hand axes and last but not least a dungeoneer's pack or an explorer's pack so we're going to go back to our character sheet here and i am just going to go under equipment here and i'm going to put down chainmail. and when it comes to a martial weapon and a shield let me go ahead i'm going to skip that real quick because i am going to choose two martial weapons but i'm going to go to the page where martial weapons are at and choose them real quick Uh, The next part is two hand axes. Yeah, I'm definitely choosing two hand axes here. You know, even though Zuby's been trained in archery and all that, he doesn't care to use it. If he wants to do a ranged attack, he's going to throw his weapons at you. And then a Dungeoneer's pack or an Explorer's pack. I like Explorer's pack. So I want to showcase those items here real quick. Let me go ahead and... Find the page where all the items are at here. All right, so we are at the page uh, where you can find the simple melee weapons and the martial melee weapons. So I chose two martial melee weapons here. I am first going to choose a... Let us do a... You know what? We're going to do a greatsword. And when we maybe lose that or have to drop it and we have to go to a one handed weapon, we are going to choose a, you know what, let us choose a morning star because why not? So, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to go back to the character sheet and just go up here and go to greatsword. Great if I knew how to spell it. I'm just gonna do real quick here two d6. I'm gonna add in the rest afterwards, and then I'm gonna choose Morning Star. And if I remember correctly, that's that's 1d8. And we're gonna put hand axe right here, and hand axe should be 1D yeah, 1d6. That's what I thought. So we have the weapons chosen there and we're gonna go over the class features next. All right, so we have two features we get at level one. We get fighting style and we get second win. So for our fighting style, let's go over the fighting styles real quick. We can do archery, You gain a plus two bonus to attack rolls you make with ranged weapons. Nah, Zuby doesn't care about archery or anything like that defense while you're wearing armor you gain a plus one bonus to ac it's not bad you know not the worst thing in the world dueling when you are wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that weapon again not too bad a uh, great weapon fighting when you roll a one or two on a damage die for an attack you make with a melee weapon there you're wielding with two hands you can re-roll the die and you must use the new die even if the roll is a one or a two the weapon must have the two-handed or versatile property for you to gain this benefit Mm, that's better because great sword is going to be my primary weapon that I'm going to be using as Zubi. Protection. When a creature you can see attacks a target other than you that is within 5 feet of you, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. You must be wielding a shield. Well, we know Zuby's not going to have a shield, so no, that's not going to help. Two-weapon fighting. When you engage in two-weapon fighting, you can add your ability modifier, the damage of the second attack. I'm not going to be doing two-weapon fighting too often, so really the best sort of fighting style I have here is either defense or great weapon fighting. I'm going to choose great weapon fighting here for my character. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to my character sheet here and put in fighting fighting style great weapon fighting and put PHB. This is page Oh, what page was this again? This was page 72. So I will just put 72 here. Just so I remember what great weapon fighting is. And then also, I get second wind as well. So I'm just going to type in 2nd Wind, PHB 72. So 2nd Wind is you have a limited well of stamina that you can draw on to protect yourself from harm. On your turn, you can use a bonus action to regain hit points equal to 1d10 plus your fighter level. Once you use this feature, you must finish a short or long rest before you can use it again. So it's a really good way to sort of heal yourself as a fighter if you don't have any potions of healing, or maybe your healer is down and you're the only one left standing, right? Very, very, very useful. Second win. All right, next we are going to determine the background and personality of Zubia at this point here. And just like the quick build suggestion says, is we are going to choose the soldier background. So looking over the soldier background, just like you can sort of guess, is it's being a military member, right? So we're going to say Zubia has always been like a scout or a private of the army or an infantry, infantry unit, right? So When we look at the soldier here, you can sort of... Choose this background, and you want to work with your DM on how this is going to fit into the campaign. Like I said, at level 1, your character is most likely not going to... So they could be an officer, but they're going to be probably a very low-ranking officer at level 1. Or they could be sort of something like an ensign or a private. Something at a very low rank if they're starting off at level 1. Obviously, if you're going to start off at level 10 or higher, you know you may be a higher officer rank or something like that. Or more esteemed member of the military but since we're starting off level one we are gonna be very 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 low level in this imaginary army that we're coming up with here so first things first is we're gonna look at proficiencies here um i get a skill proficiencies in athletics and intimidation wait a second that's a problem because i just chose athletics and in intimidation previously for my when i was looking at the fighter class so what does this mean here? Does this mean I gain expertise in these? No, actually. Actually, what this means is I can go back to the other skills and become proficient in something else now that is in, within that list of the fighter class. So let us go back and look at the skill proficiencies that were available to us from the fighter class. So we're back at the fighter class page here at page 72. And now we're going to choose something other than athletics and intimidation. So we have available to us acrobatics, animal handling, history, insight, perception, and survival. So with Zubi being a military man, we're going to definitely choose survival here because Zubi needs to learn how to survive in the wild, right? And you know what? Uh, history would be a good one, but since my history is, my intelligence is so low, it would be kind of moot point for doing that. So we are going to choose perception. We want Zuby to be very Perceptible. No, we don't want it to be perceptible. We want Zuby to be able to perceive the surroundings around him a little bit easier, because him being in the military, being out in the wild, you want to be able to be under lookout, right? So we're gonna go back to the soldier background here. All right, we're back at the soldier background, and as we so we figured out the skill proficiencies with that, and now we have tool proficiencies. We are proficient in one type of gaming set and vehicles land vehicles so for the gaming set that is going to be really dependent on your dm so what i'm going to do here is i'm just going to go to my character sheet here and for tools is we're going to say gaming set And vehicles here. Now, that could your DM may choose the gaming set for you, like cards or dice, or you could choose it yourself. I'm not going to get into that too much right here. And same with vehicles, they may choose what kind of vehicle you are proficient with on land. It could be a carriage, you know, chariot, uh, could be wagons, whatever they may decide. It's or what you decide as well, too, because there may be a list of vehicles that your DM is like, well, you know, wagons don't exist yet in this world. Okay. Um, Maybe something else. uh, Just as an example here, right? Um, So we are going to go and look at what equipment comes with a soldier now. An equipment comes as an insignia of rank, a trophy taken from a fallen enemy like a dagger, broken blade, or piece of banner, a set of bone dice or deck of cards, a set of common clothes, and a belt pouch containing 10 gold. So we are just going to write that down here. We're going to put insignia of rank... And that could, you would probably put something like private insignia, private rank insignia, something like that. Uh, We are gonna put a broken blade trophy. And you could come up with a little backstory as to what that exactly is. Maybe you got it off an enemy that almost killed you. Something like that. Uh, we're going to do a set of bone dice. You know, you killed your enemies and you took out their bones and you carved their bones into dice. Because you like playing dice. And you want to be reminded that every time you play those dice, like, yeah, I killed the person to get these dice. <laughs> And we're going to have common clothes here, which that's, you know, we want to be able to wear clothes under that to put over over our chain mail because we don't want to wear chainmail naked. That would be very uncomfortable. And a belt pouch containing 10 gold. So over where it says GP, we're just going to put 10 gold here as well. So what else comes with the soldier rank here? Uh, we have a specialty depending, you can roll for your specialty, depending on what you were in the military. Uh, as I said before, we are going to be an in infantry, so I'm going to go down to... Um, we're just going to go down over to character backstory here, and they were an in infantry in the military. And we also get a feature called military rank. And that is going to be in PHB... What page is this again? This is page 140. So the military rank as a fighter says you have military rank from your career as a soldier. Soldiers loyal to your former military organization still recognize your authority and influence and they defer to you if they are of lower rank. You can invoke your rank to exert influence over other soldiers and requisition simple equipment and horses for temporary use. You can also usually gain access to friendly military encampments and fortresses where your rank is recognized. So... Like I said, that is all going to be really dependent on your DM as well. So we are going to look at some of the personality traits of a soldier here. And we are going to choose each one. So since I am a lawful neutral soldier, we're going to look at personality traits. I'm always polite and respectful. I'm not going to read each one here. So we're going to choose number five here. I can stare down a hellhound. Without flinching, that's going to be our first one we choose and put on our character sheet. I will, um, I will show this after. I, w- I will show. I'm just basically copy and pasting, so I'll show this after we're done here. So we're going to look at ideal. So what ideal would Zuby have since they are lawful and neutral? We we're going to go for live and let live ideals aren't worth killing over or going to war for maybe with zubi being 20 or 75 he's seen a lot of war and doesn't and starts to understand maybe war isn't all that it's cracked up to be and going to war is just kind of a dumb thing to do sometimes and now we're going to look at the bond I I almost like the first one there. I would still lay down my life for the people I served with. I'm going to choose that without even reading any of the others because that to me is exactly the sort of bond that Zuby would have with the soldiers that he's been with. And then Flaw. You know what? We're going to choose the flaw of I made a terrible mistake in battle, cost many lives, and I would do anything to keep that mistake secret. That, to me, sort of speaks a lot of volumes over his ideals, because ideals aren't worth killing over or going to war for because of the terrible mistake he made in a battle one time. You know, maybe he didn't follow orders, and because of that, it cost a lot of lives, and he would not want that to be let out in the open at that point. So we're gonna go back and look at the character sheet here, and as you can see, I just sort of copy and paste it under this part of the character sheet here under Traits, Ideals, Bonds, and Flaws. And if you wanted to, you can also sort of just make little numbers as to which one's which here, but you know, What If I'm doing this on paper, if I'm in a hurry and I want to come and maybe I don't want to write down all the traits here, what I may do if I'm on paper is so for bonds, let's say this was number five, right? And this was number six. And then I'm going to go back and then look at number five and six for bonds and flaws and be like, okay, this is what it is. And just write it down. Let me. All right. We are nearing the end of creating our character here now. A lot of what we have to do now is sort of fill in the missing blanks with a lot of the numbers here. Now, there is still a lot of other stuff that we could do. Since this is not a spellcaster class, we don't have to worry about anything on the third page, which I don't know why charisma and all that stuff is here. It may have been from another character I was working on at the time and so we don't have to worry about anything like this here unless we were going something like Eldritch Knight which can cast magic spells but we're only worried about level one right here and a lot of this here as well too you could start working on this would be you'd probably want to work with your DM on something like that especially character backstory and maybe allies and organizations and stuff like that so we're just gonna worry about filling in the rest of the numbers here for the time being and a lot of it is pretty simple here we're gonna first go over save throws and skills here so since I am proficient in strength I have a plus four to strength and a plus two proficiency bonus I'm going to put six here dexterity is going to be one this is going to be six intelligence negative two oh my wisdom is zero my charisma is one so you don't have to fill in those numbers there I like filling out all the numbers regardless of whether I'm proficient in and so when now I'm going to look at skills here but wait there was something else that I forgot to do. What was it? Uh, when we look at the notepad, I get plus. I get two skills of my choice to be proficient in. So I didn't do that earlier. So we're gonna do that right now. What other kind of skills do you think Zubi would be proficient in? You know, we're gonna do persuasion because not only can Zubi be intimidating, but Zubi also has a way of getting what he wants. Right. So he's gonna be persuasive. And, you know, he's going to be a little bit deceiving as well, too. This is a very charismatic fighter. So, those are going to be my two other skills that I choose to be proficient in. So, we're going to fill it out again. So, acrobatics is dex, so that's a 1. Animal Handling Wisdom, 0. Arcana, negative 2. Ooh, strength. So, Athletic Strength is going to be a plus 6. Deception will be a plus 3. History, a negative 2. Ooh. Uh, Insight will be a zero. Intimidation will be a three. Investigation, negative two, because that's intelligence. Medicine, uh, zero. Nature, intelligence, negative two. Perception, three. Performance, that is going to be... uh, No, I didn't choose that. Okay, so that's just going to be 1. Persuasion will be 3. Religion will be negative 2. He's not very religious at all. A 1 for sleight of hand, 1 for stealth, and a 3 for survival. Kind of stinks that there's only one strength-based skill here. Where, because if there was more strength-based skills, I'm probably sure I would have chosen more of them. So up here under initiative, since our dexterity is only a plus one, we only get a plus one to initiative for our initiative role here. So our armor class, let's try to figure out what our armor class is. So our armor class is going to be based on what armor we are wearing. We chose Chainmail for our armor for our fighter class, so if we look in the book here, Chainmail is heavy armor, and it is an armor class of 16, but you need a base strength of 13, and you have disadvantage at stealth. So, good thing I didn't choose stealth, because I'd be disadvantaged at it anyway, so we're going to go back to our character sheet, and so we're going to have 16 armor class. To begin with, which is not bad for a level one. That is quite good at level one. You you can still be hit, but you know, I could have bump this up to 18 possibly even 19 had I chosen to have a shield with me because a shield would give you plus two and if I had chosen defense as the fighting style I'd be able to have a 19 so that would make me extremely hard to hit as a level one but since I'm not really trying to go for min max character I'm not trying to optimize this fighting build completely I don't care too much about that part and you know I just realized at the top here that I never filled out fighter one and background soldier, player name Zuby, which is my character name Zuby, and we have zero experience points to start off with. Completely forgot about that. I'm sure there was someone in the video watching that and is being like, come on, why didn't you put that in there? So, We have that going on there for us, so now we are going to figure out attack bonuses for all our weapons here. So, attack bonus is going to be your proficiency in that weapon and what stat you're using to swing that weapon with. So, greatsword, morningstar, and handaxe are all going to be strength-based, so I'm going to add my plus 2 and plus 4. So, I'll have a plus 6 for all my attacks here, and at level 1... That is amazing to have that kind of attack bonus at level one. So our damage type, there's also going to be a damage modifier as well. And that's going to be based off of our strength stat. So it's going to be 2d6 plus 4, 1d6 plus 4, and 1d8 plus 4, I should say, then 1d6 plus 4. Now, there's also the type of what all those weapons can do. And let me just pull it up here real quick. So I pulled up the damage type, and this can be important because there are going to be enemies that are immune or resistant to certain types of damages. So a greatsword can do slashing damage, and why didn't it type in there? Let's try it again. Slashing. A morningstar should do bludgeoning. No, piercing. Oh yeah, of course. I'm thinking of mace. And then a handaxe should do slashing as well, if I remember correctly. A hand axe does do slashing, so we have two slashing weapons and a piercing weapon, and we also want to fill in the passive perception, so your passive wisdom is going to be 10 plus your wisdom modifier, which is 10, because I don't have a wisdom modifier. And, oh, you know what? I just realized I am really bad at this game here um, because a lot of the proficiencies that I put in for wisdom, I put three. So I'm going to go ahead and fix that real quick because I'm super good at this. So for survival and perception, I only have a two in those because those are wisdom based, not charisma based. I was getting it confused there. Apologies for that. Everybody makes mistakes. I'm not perfect here. So, there you have it. That is how to create a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition character. Now, like I said, there's still quite a bit we could still do. We could probably, the biggest thing we could probably still do is flesh out more of Zuby's personality, his background. How did he grow up? You know, what did he do in the military? What was the awful secret that made his life feel so terrible that he no longer wants to go to war and thinks war is just pointless at this point? You know, that's for you to decide and for you to come up with. But for now, we have just created a character. And everything with this character is playable in Dungeons & Dragons. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode here. And I hope you really did like going over creating a character as much as I did creating it as well. So our next episode of the series is going to be a lot of basic how-to, how to play D&D. And some basic how-to tips as well. Two while you're playing D&D so be sure to stay tuned for that it's going to be another video based episode as well and you know what I hope you really enjoyed it here be sure to check out the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and Spotify and you can reach out to me on Twitter at Magic and Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore and you can email me at mtgzubi at gmail.com and everybody have a great night